Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Who said, huh? <laughs> Was that you, Jack? Oh, okay. Now it's, oh, yes, Charlie. I knew it. Um, uh, yeah, so I want to say, too, if you came here with, you know, you need to be healed today. We're going to pray for you in just a few minutes. Um, especially, I don't know how well you could hear Tiffany's sound quality there on that little voicemail, but she had an ovarian cyst. And just through prayer on the prayer chain, it just completely disappeared in a matter of six weeks. So I don't know if anybody came that has a cyst or any kind of lump or anything you're concerned about, you haven't gotten it checked or you have. We want to pray for you this morning, and we've just seen God do tremendous miracles and healings, haven't we, church? And uh, so we're just going to continue to go after that and uh, also any, uh, continue to extend the invitation for you to come and just give your whole life to Christ today. So, like Eric said, it's a great day to do that because it's Mother's Day, and then you can remember exactly what day it was. You know. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I just feel led to exhort you, encourage you um, to seek first the supernatural realm of God. Okay, and uh, the reason I say that is because Jesus said it. In Matthew 6.33, speaking of growing up in church in the time Sunday school, you remember Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added. I remember that memory verse and just really meant nothing to me, but it was a good verse and probably simple enough for a young person to learn. In the past two years, that verse has taken on a whole new real meaning to me. And that is... Uh, let me premise it with this, God is spirit, the Bible says. Therefore, synonymously, we could say God is supernatural. And everybody say, I'm supernatural. I'm supernatural. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're supernatural. <laughs> so get this, guys. Primarily, you're a supernatural being trapped in an earth suit. Okay, physically, we're on the planet. We're all seeing each other. We can touch this chair, so on and so forth. But that's not our primary existence. Paul says it like this, I'm an alien, I'm a stranger. We're aliens and strangers here, and so therefore it's not a tangent to go off on this you know, supernatural thing. And It's not really a tangent because it's Daddy's world. It's where He lives. So He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, which is the spiritual supernatural realm. Seek that first, and then what's going to happen? All these things, all the physical things are going to begin to line up as you just seek Him in His place. So I want to say it like this. Seek God where He is, not where you've created Him to be. I know that can be difficult, but I think sometimes we've created God in our own image to an extent. I don't mean like as heresy, but we, we've gone through so many years sometimes as Christians trying to figure out God trapped in our earth box. You understand? Rather than seeking Him in His world which is very different from ours. Maybe that's why he says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know what I mean? So I just want to encourage you with that. And then I also wanted to um, just tell you about this. I had a situation this week where uh, it's just I, I met this person, this young, teen, this young teenage girl, and uh, well, I think she's about a senior in high school anyway. She had a friend who... Um, she was just sharing with me, uh, two days prior to our conversation, had an abortion. And uh, she was really distraught over this situation, obviously. And, and so that experience um, really pressed 
a button, a tender spot in my heart for the need for healing in our nation. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been talking about physical healing this morning, which is definitely a huge thing that we're going after. But, and, and I don't think pandemics are going away. I, I don't like to be a naysayer or, you know, all that. But honestly, I think that those kinds of things like these swine flus and bird flus and all this is probably something that we're going to need to go after and deal with as the body of Christ. And it's just going to become a part of our lives. But at the same time, you know, same time there's a pandemic of internal pain. There's a pandemic of emotional scars and wounds that are bleeding inside of people. And we wonder why people are acting the way they are, trapped in these cycles of behavior. And it's because of that healing that needs to occur. Do you ever just look around and look in people's faces as they walk by and does it ever dawn on you? Like, oh my gosh. Um, so, I did what I could to exhort this young lady that, because she, a week prior, had tried to talk this person out of making this decision and was, like, recommending, you know, what about adoption? And what it turned out is um, the girl herself had been orphaned. Like, she was, her parents had both passed away. And so she felt unwanted. So she couldn't bear the thought of bringing a child into the earth and giving them up for adoption. And then this child being out there feeling like, well, why didn't my mama want me because I'm adopted? You see what I'm saying? And so you can just feel like, wow, that's, yeah, that's a really tough issue. And I said, but you know what? It's not over yet. Because even though she made that decision and she's having to deal with that, uh, you have the hope of Christ who can bring healing, who has forgiveness. And I just wanted to say that because chances are, statistically, there's probably women in here who have had an abortion in the past. And even as I'm saying this, it's touching something in you. And I just want to say publicly that God, that Jesus has forgiveness for you and He has redemption and cleansing and healing for your heart today. And, and, and it's, it's a very real and a needed thing in your life. And I understand that. And I don't want to make light of anything. I'm not making light of any situation. But I'm just saying there is hope. Amen? There's hope in Christ for that healing. Um, and uh, this girl I was talking to happened to be at this girl's house when she came home from the clinic. And um, prior to this experience, the girl that I was talking to leaned actually a little more towards the pro-choice side of the of the, the this issue and and she was just saying that this has completely radically altered her view because she realized that nobody tells women about the regret about the the emotional and, and spiritual turmoil that something like that you know produces so um, anyway healing is a uh, something that is just so near and dear to the gospel. It is the gospel. And uh, if you've been around here for a while, you know, we talked about this Greek word in the New Testament called sozo, which is like um, all throughout the New Testament, like in Romans 10, 9, where it says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved, that Jesus is Lord, so on and so forth, then you will be saved. 
That word saved literally means be born again or spiritually, you know, reborn and healed and set free from demonic activity. All those things are included there. And that goes all throughout the New Testament. So um, what I want to, this is not actually what I want to talk about this morning, but I want to tie these two things together here of seeking the supernatural God's world and him, intimacy with him and where he lives, where he abides right here in our presence and all around us in the spiritual realm. And also this issue of healing. And I want to look at a biblical uh, concept and, 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 and something that exists in the spiritual realm called the tree of life. Okay? Now, how many people have grown familiar with the river of God that's flowing through the earth? You got some revelation on that over the past couple of years. If you've been around here for a while and, and uh, something corporately in the church overall, is that the river of God has been, re- well, it has been released at the cross once again. Now, what I want to look at is something along with the river. We know all about that. It's called a tree. It's called the tree of life. And the Bible says that this tree actually grows up on the banks of the river. Okay? And to get a little ahead of myself and make application and tie this thing in, but this tree has some stuff on it. There's fruit for food, and there's also leaves. And does anybody know what those leaves are for? They're actually leaves for healing. And one passage says healing of the nations. And I looked that up and it, that word can actually mean medicine, for medicine and for medicinal purposes. So I began to ask the Lord this question a few months ago is, what's up with this tree, Lord? And how do we as Christians access through your body, you know, the healing virtues of this tree that exists in the heavenly realm? Now, I want to clarify all this because it's not like we're looking for a tree for healing. The tree is actually Christ himself, but I want to lay a foundation for this biblically. So let's go, first of all, to Genesis chapter 2, and I don't have this up on the overhead, I don't believe, but I'm just going to turn here, if you have your Bible, Genesis 2, verse 8. You guys all probably are familiar with the story right after creation. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there He put the man He had formed. And the Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, From there, it was separated into four headwaters. So, we see a river flowing through Eden with trees. Two trees that it mentions specifically there, right? Beside that river, correct? Now, Eden really interests me because it's literally where heaven came to earth. I mean, think about that. God, it was called the paradise, right? I mean, God literally created a version of heaven anyway, upon this planet. Adam and Eve, the first people, were literally walking in a paradise that at least was very, very similar to the spiritual realm of paradise. They manifest physically. And then, you know, it never, you know, it's interesting to look at the parallels there. Here's one interesting one I I saw this week, is um, how was the earth watered in the Garden of Eden? A mist? There's another way. Springs coming up. Had it ever rained? 
No, the Bible says that in the days of Noah, the great flood was the first time it had ever rained. It had never rained before. So therefore, the, the ground was wa- the earth was watered through these springs and this mist on the earth, but these springs that were shooting forth. So I was thinking about it this way. You know how Byron was saying the other day that God doesn't desire for, uh, just to have a, a downpour on the church and on the earth, but an outpour. Where's that outpour coming from? Coming from within us, right? And out of your belly shall spring forth rivers of living water, right? That spiritual uh, water that flows forth from Christ in us. So even physically, this was shown in the garden there, that a spring would spring up rather than a downpour of rain. Isn't that interesting? So there's a lot of spiritual parallels there that you can see in this physical creation. Uh, It's also interesting to note that after Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God then had to ban them from the garden. Why? Because if they ate then of the tree of life, what would their condition be? They live forever how? In sin. And through His love and mercy, He didn't allow that to happen, right? So in essence, that tree of life became like, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out, maybe the proverbial fountain of youth. Like there was, you know, it was such a powerful thing that if they partook of this tree, they would live forever. That's what the Bible says. Well, there's a a couple other places, interestingly, like about halfway through the Scripture, at least the way that the books are organized, and then at the very end, where this tree shows up. And then... There, at the very end of this, I want to talk about, actually, we probably won't have get into this today because of the sake of time, but there's benefits that Proverbs and Psalms especially mentions about the tree of life and partaking of the tree of life. So I want to briefly go over, you know, we talked about what it is, where it is, who can access it, number two, how you can access it, and number three, what are some of the benefits of it, okay? So let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47. And for uh, those of you who are familiar with Ezekiel 47 and the river that flows from the throne, you remember this, this passage, well, in this case from the temple, the river that flowed from the temple, which is the river of God. And uh, it says, jumping in in verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Okay, so there it is right there. It's talking about that tree that exists in the the spiritual realm. And then Revelation 22 says it this way. This is John speaking in his vision, uh, vision of Jesus Christ, revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So that's the healing of the nations thing. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. Okay, so there we see where it is. It's very clearly laid out there. And then I want to jump to Revelation 2 in verse 7. 
And uh, this is kind of getting into the access of the tree of life. And it says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So it seems like John is saying here, or Jesus is saying to John, that there's two things that need to happen here in order to partake from this tree of life from the paradise of God, which is in heaven. Number one, having an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Is there any such thing as being spiritually deaf? Yeah, there is. Even as a Christian, sometimes our ears can get stopped up, right? So having an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. And then secondly, it has this phrase, to him who overcomes. And uh, I think that sometimes that phrase could be misunderstood. Larry Randolph clarified some. He preached a message um, different from this, but on Revelation 2-7 while he was here uh, a month or so ago, whenever that was. And he said this, overcome literally means to stay the course, to hold to the ground that you have. It's another uh, cousin to the word stand, like where Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, and having done all now, stand. Stand firm against the devil. Okay, so in that context, if you read this, to him who overcomes, or to him who continues on the course of which he has already traveled, to him who stands firm in that place to which God has given him, I'll give the right to eat from the tree of life. And frankly, I think that applies to all of us. We have the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the heavenly realm. Which is in, and there's the clear location at this point after the flood, is in the paradise of God. So how do you know, how do you access this? Well, how do you access the river of the Holy Spirit? We're talking about the river of the Holy Spirit flowing through the earth, flowing out of us as believers. How many people have even kind of experienced this river sensation in this room? A couple hands go up. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've literally even physically laid down on the floor and felt a sensation of rushing waters. How many people have seen a vision of some sort? People have seen visions of a river flowing. So what, what are we seeing? We're simply seeing a spiritual reality that exists in heaven. What's that river for? Well, that's a long story. There's a lot of things that the river is for. But simply said, I think of it this way. The river is that onward flow of the Holy Spirit of God. That part of the Trinity that flows through. It's a continual moving mechanism that takes us from one place to the other, washes us, purifies us, And the tree that is established beside the river is Jesus Christ Himself. It is something that is grounded, that grows, that really never stops growing. Its branches are endless. It is the kingdom of heaven in Christ. It is Christ in you and in me, our hope of glory. Think about a physical tree, right? It starts from a tiny little seed. And what does it become? All depending on the the kind of tree. In, In the case of a big pin oak or something, it becomes this massive thing with numerous branches that can serve for shade, that can serve for shelter. We've been, I've been to a church in Africa where their building was a tree, like they met under a tree. 
That was their location. So a tree means an awful lot in that kind of culture and environment. For the animal life, for squirrels and, and, and you know, birds, it's, the sh- it's their sustenance. You know, it's their home. It's, it's all of these things. And really, that tree never completely stops growing. It just keeps branching and this and that. And you know, in the fall, it sheds its leaves. And then there's new growth that comes in the spring. So there's a lot there. But that tree is Christ. And that tree is accessible in and through us through the Spirit of Christ. Amen? Are you following me? I'm trying to make a spiritual concept that's, that seems kind of obscure, more, a little more concrete and practical for you. Okay? So, um, I asked Bob Jones about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I said that I had been seeing this tree of life and seeing it in the Scripture. And he goes, oh yeah, that's all Bonnie's been seeing recently. Like, oh, cool, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'd love to talk to Bonnie about it. But anyway, so we're sitting right there, and uh, he's like, have you seen the bridge? The bridge. You know, if I say no, I risk looking like a spiritual idiot. If I say yes, I'm lying. So I'm not really sure how to answer uh, the bridge. I just kind of nod the bridge. He's like, oh, yeah, let me show you. And he pulls out his Amplified Bible, and he, he opens up to these couple passages, and he just goes like this. Are you getting that? Again, uh, yeah, I'm getting that, I guess. One of the passages that he turned to was uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 2. And uh, let's take a look at that in the Amplified Bible. It is a, um, interesting, reveals some interesting stuff there. 1 Peter 2, I like newborn babies, you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow unto completed salvation, since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. Now, remember, he's making reference to a bridge, or I would say a path, an access of the tree of life, in other words. And isn't it interesting, this language in the Amplified here in 1 Peter 2, it's it's talking about uh, tasting, it's talking about, uh, uh, what was that other word that caught my attention in there? Uh, nurtured and growing. Um, and so what Bob was trying to, I think, as I prayed about it, because he didn't tell me, what, I, what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me was that this is speaking of maturity. This is speaking of just like a tree starts small and begins to grow, and that means maturity or begins to grow up. So as you and I, as we're growing we see the manifestation of the fruits of this tree, the fruits of the Spirit, thing includes the gifts of the Spirit, and healing rising through Christ within ourselves in order to give it away to the world. Honestly, how many people would love to have that grow more and more? That tree of, of, of good fruit, of life-giving fruit, and leaves to use that analogy of healing to flow in our lives, that we could have a word to speak, a prayer to pray for those who are suffering internally, a prayer to pray that would absolutely destroy the yoke. We could lay our hands on the sick, as the Bible says, as Jesus said, and they will recover. And we'll do the things that He did and even greater things. I'm crying. I'm desperate for this. I mean, we have it. It's happening but I always think we need more. <laughs> like, I want to see a greater manifestation. I'm not satisfied with just the little taste. 
So going back to what I said at the beginning, I know it's getting late. These things are accessible through God's world. Through the heavenly realm, which is in Christ. Let me encourage you, seek it. Seek Him. Seek Him in His world. Let me say it that way. That's where those things are accessible. Now let me make a, just one more other little... Uh, Say one little other thing here with one more scripture. David uh, is an interesting guy who I believe happened to be a big soaker, to use that word. Uh, I think the book of Psalms reveals that, that he was obviously, he used the word meditation, meditating on the precepts of God and so on. And uh, he was getting a lot of information, I think that his songs reveal this, uh, that came from the, the throne of God from the heavenly realm. I don't see any other explanation for that. And right at the beginning of his big book of Psalms is this, these three verses. Psalm 1 and 1 through 3. He says this, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates. See, there it is. Meditation. He meditates. Day and night, night and day, meditating upon the goodness of God, meditating upon the precepts of God. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. I, this is, may just be me, but honestly, I think it's a good possibility. In his meditation, David began to see the tree spoken of by Ezekiel, Revealed through Christ to John later on in the book of Revelation. He began to see this tree. And he saw this tree which is planted by streams of living water and which grows up in all of us who's Christ Himself, even though Christ hadn't been on the earth yet at that point. He's like a tree planted by what? Streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. What's the leaf for? For healing. In other words, his body, his soul realm, it goes on in prosperity. It goes on in health. It does not wither because he's like a tree planted by the streams of water. You guys getting this? Okay, whatever he does prospers. Um, here's what I wrote down. In verse 1, he, that's you and I, are in Christ. The tree, and Christ is in us. Literally, Christ became that tree on Calvary. He was planted, hung on a tree, and released the river back into the earth through the, the spear that pierced His side, the blood and the water that burst forth. His sacrifice gave us access once again to the tree of life, our intended inheritance. Milton wrote, Paradise Lost, Jesus wrote, Paradise Regained. There was the first man and the second man. The veil was rent, it was torn in two so that we have unlimited access. So as you read about the Garden of Eden in the first few chapters of Genesis, remember that it's not just for a time long ago. It's not just for a way back when, 6,000 years ago or whatever, and isn't this a nice story to read to our children in Sunday school, but this was God's releasing in the natural of what exists from eternity, I mean, for, in t still today, in the spiritual realm in paradise. 
which is in heaven. But most importantly, even though it's great that we're all going to experience those things when we pass on and we're birthed into eternity, what Jesus teaches us clearly in the Gospels from His very first statement, change your mind, because the kingdom of heaven, the supernatural realm of heaven, is here. I've released it now onto the earth. How do I know that? Well, because then He said after that, go out and do some stuff. And you know what those things are? Heal the sick. When the Father's raising the dead, raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received, now freely give it away. You know, and when He was leaving... He said, I've got to go so the Holy Spirit can come now. And He revealed to us what our job description is. And we all know that. It's just a reminding of that. So unapologetically, I just want to say in closing, I feel compelled in my spirit to continue to pursue my Father in His world. I think it's absolutely essential that we continue to let the Father pursue us and then respond to that, especially in this era of world history that we're entering, or we, there's good chances we won't make it. Because if we continue to focus on what physically surrounds us, boy, it's going to be discouraging. Boy, it's going to be depressing. And boy, are we going to get caught right up in a sinking ship. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not a gloom and doom kind of, you know, I, I don't know, I'm just saying that, you know, I know what the book says, and it does indicate there's some tough times ahead in the last days. Yet, as one of my previous messages, it was the worst of times and the best of times. There's a glorious unveiling for the church. There's a glorious moving forward for the church. But I'm simply saying we will not find that glory just following these basic physical principles and trying to fit God, who is spirit, into our physical boxes of principles and you know that. Is this making sense? So be encouraged. Let's seek God. Let's seek the kingdom and all these things. He says they're going to take care of themselves. He's going to take care of them for us. Amen? So let's, uh, let's do this. Is there anybody here that needs physical healing? You can just come on up here and uh, let's all just stand together. Come on up here, Marlon. If you got anything to add. Let's stand up here. We're going to dismiss and everybody can enjoy blessing your mom today. But uh, I do want to, you know, we made a commitment. We're just not leaving here uh, Any time that we gather without praying for the sick or anybody who's ailing, anything. So uh, we'll have some ministry team who come on up here now. And uh, then as we dismiss, uh, you can just come on up. If you've got any other issues, a breakthrough, that you're just needing somebody to stand with you today in prayer, uh, financial breakthrough, breakthrough in your family, whatever it is, come up to one of these folks and let them pray with you if, you, if you, that would be something you feel like the Lord's leading you to do. And uh, we just want to go about it that way. So let's pray.